This is Shack Talk, presented by Eskimo Ice Fishing Gear and hosted by Kyle Agri and Anthony Kleinwachter. Turn up your speakers, grab your gear, and hit the ice with us as we talk ice fishing. Come on in and grab a bucket. We're talking ice fishing. Kyle Agri and Anthony Kleinwachter, we are your hosts, and this is Shack Talk Ice Fishing Podcast. And this is our... Uh, What's our last episode of 2021 as we sit here, Anthony, between Christmas and New Year's this week? And as we record this, we're sitting right in the midst of a a good old-fashioned Northern Plains blizzard here that's uh, got us kind of hunkered down for the day. How are you riding out the storm? Doing well, doing well. Didn't have to go anywhere and, uh, you know, just kind of waiting things out before we start doing some snow removal and hoping that the, you know, the lakes aren't too affected by the snow that we're getting. But it looks like behind this snow, boy, their uh, bottom's going to drop out of that thermometer, I think. They're talking some pretty extreme cold. So hopefully that's good things to come with the ice. I was, you know, out this past weekend and we had 10 to 12 inches on the lake that I was on. And so, I mean, we're on the cusp of pretty much, you know, guys being able to drive out and take their fish houses where they need to go. And so I think we're, you know, in good shape. Hopefully the snow didn't affect things too much. Uh, but with the wind that was here today, hopefully most of it blew to the shoreline. Anthony, as you look at where you were fishing, um, without disclosing your secret location, of course, West Central, North Central Minnesota, is that a pretty, uh, pretty accurate accounting? Yeah, central, central, west central uh, Minnesota there. We we're, you know, targeting some some fish out. They're starting to transition a little bit from, you know, kind of the weed lines more out into the basin. And I know we'll, we've got that kind of teed up for our conversation later to maybe talk a little bit about that transition. But things are definitely kind of moving in that direction. We're switching gears from that early ice to kind of our midwinter set it and forget it community holes and all of those things, you know, the traditional spots where those fish tend to be this time of year. Yeah, it, and it is that way. And if you have not been on the ice yet, you might have missed early ice, right? Uh, you, as you mentioned, that transition is happening as we speak. And, you know, I know for you and I and a lot of the other uh, folks that, that we spend some time with here during that early ice period, which for us is is uh, time to work ice shows, time to work retail events and, and um, help folks get geared up for the season. And that early ice, I mean, it comes and goes quickly and and we're falling in to more predictable patterns as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I know a lot of people, they've got holidays. We had, I had basketball tournaments and things finishing up with the kids. And so it's a busy, busy time of the year to try and catch that early ice. But hopefully now with the holidays, people have had some time to get out, a little more time to get out and explore and maybe get some time away from work during the holidays and get out on the ice. So I think, yeah, things are shaping up. You kind of lose that early ice with the snow starting to get on the ice now and cover things up. The weeds start to die off, but um, yeah, things are shaping up to be a good ice season and, you know, weather permitting, we should have a good two to three months of it for sure. Anthony, I sure hope that uh, Santa brought some good stuff under the tree for you and geared you up for this ice season pretty good. Uh, and I bring that up because I, I know as we approach those last shopping days into Christmas, a lot of the retailers were continuing to get more stock, more inventory in out on the shelves, which was great timing for people who are number one shopping for Christmas, of course, for the ice angler on, on their list. But also as we look here, heading into the meat of the season. Yeah, I uh, was fortunate. I, uh, 
Santa brought me one of those new custom mags Eskimo rods for Christmas. So I'm nice. pretty excited to get that out and try it out. Uh, really excited for that uh, cool new, uh, new addition to the lineup. So I was really excited to get one of those and, you know, a lot of fun, new, new things, uh, upgraded some of my power tools. And so I'm excited to use that on the pistol bit, got a new drill. So, um, new snow, uh, leaf blower, so I can help with some of that snow removal I got to deal with too. So. How about you? Any any fun new Christmas presents under the tree? You know what? It, it was a great season, and and honestly, spent a little bit of time um, just enjoying the kids and grandkids and some of the things that that they were able to get for Christmas. Because uh, it's awful fun when they want to have some ice fishing tackle and gear and equipment on their list as well. So, uh, you know, my age, I pretty much have what I need. So it wasn't necessarily about waiting for Santa, bringing it down the chimney, but. Uh, but kind of sharing that enthusiasm and passion with those, those younger ones as they get geared up for the sport. Absolutely. Yeah. I got to, with school being out a little early and having some days off, I was able to sneak out with my son out on the ice and caught one of the nice days here before we get to into some cold weather and was able to get out and catch some crappies and have some fun with him. He was, you know, more excited just to be out and riding the snowmobile and, you know, dad made sure to pack, pack, plenty of snacks. So he was kept him busy while we were out there, but it was a fun little afternoon. Well, you got to keep them from being cold. You got to keep them from being hungry and you got to keep them from being bored. It sounds like you covered all the bases. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think that's the key is, you know, cold is probably the number one. So if you can plan a day when it's going to be warmer, catch those nice days. And if you have to hunker down in a shack, but yeah, we had plenty of snacks and he was pretty intrigued with the watching the, fish finder and watching dad catch a few fish. So it was a fun afternoon. Sounds like an absolute blast. You know, Anthony, our last Jack talk, we were at the Fargo ice fishing show. Uh, We're going to talk to one of the, one of the promoters of that show as a guest coming up. And I'm sure that will come up as part of the topic, but, but he's going to have a whole lot more to share with us as well. And so uh, why don't you just introduce our guest for this episode of Shack talk? Yeah, we're going to be talking with somebody who's been on probably every season of Shack Talk so far, uh, a familiar face uh, in the Eskimo brand, a good friend of both of ours, uh, Mike Olson from Fish Addictions TV. Really excited to get him in on the show here and kind of pick his brain what's going on for the season and you know talk a little bit more about that transition as we kind of move into the new year where we're going to be targeting these fish, where Fish Addictions might be going and just everything that's going on. So yeah, with that, we'd like to welcome to the show, Michael Olson. Michael, welcome to Shack Talk. Thanks, guys. How's it going? It's going good. How are things? you have a good holiday? Oh, man, it's always fun with the kids. It's not about us anymore. It's about the kids. So it's fun seeing their eyes light up when they open presents and and just getting together with family. It's a, it's a good excuse to get together with family now, nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah. We were just talking about that. I know Kyle mentioned it and I know with my kids, it was fun watching them open presents and got to spend the better part of a day putting some Lego sets together with the kids. And so it was always fun doing that kind of stuff and maybe trying to slide a few of those ice fishing uh, trinkets and toys and tackle into those stockings as well. Get them excited about it a little bit without them even knowing it. Exactly. So what's new? What's uh, what's on the schedule for you guys? Uh, you guys were just up at uh, Lake of the Woods this past week. 
Yeah. Yeah. Lake of the woods fishing. Uh, wow. Incredible, incredible time up there. I've fished there a lot and I would say the bite that's going on up there right now might be top three I've ever had up there on the ice for sure. A lot of, a lot of nicer fish, a lot of those typical Lake of the woods, uh, 10 to 15 inches and a lot of saugers and, uh, the ice seems to, you know, in the area we were at, the ice was good, right? We didn't find anything less than 10 inches and we found all the way up to 15. You know, that's saying something top three bite on Lake of the woods. I mean, obviously, uh, for anybody that's, uh, an ice angler that follows it at all, Lake of the woods is kind of one of those meccas, you know, there's two, three, four different bodies of water that draw anglers from, I mean, literally across North America. And that certainly is one of them. Mike, what you, I know you were up there and you were running around in a snow bear. Tell us a little bit about what that experience was like <laughs> and, and kind of the, you know, general parts of the lake where you were fishing and, and what you were doing. Yeah. I mean, first let's start out this way. Let's uh, Lake of the woods. I mean, it's really important when you're going up there. Now I know there's a lot of people heading up there right now, hooking up the hard shacks. There's a few roads opening up. There's a few things happening up there that get people really headed up there try to get off the beaten path a little bit. If you just get away from those pressured fish, you're going to have 10 times the 10 times the fish catches. And so it's going that way, but, and that's the thing with the snow bear, that's what we were allowed to do. You know, I've, I've fished in snow bears many times, never thought that I'd be a guy that would own one. The opportunity came along with fish addictions to own a snow bear. Uh, so that was the first time I've run and, and my own snow bear and, uh, Wow. The ability those things have is pretty crazy. It was blowing 25, 30 miles an hour out on the lake. We never had to get out of the thing and we still had an incredible day on the ice. Uh, the only time we got out was to let uh, the new puppy out. I got a new little sidekick this year for Christmas for my family and had to let her out to go to the bathroom. But other than that, we were nice and cozy in the snow bear and when it's blowing 25, 30 miles an hour and, you know, negative 25 mile, uh, negative 25 wind chill, I'll take every advantage I can get. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're sitting inside fishing in your shirt sleeves and as comfortable as you are sitting in your living room, there's something, but yet, you know, and there's a lot of ways to do that, right? I mean, you can do that in a wheelhouse, but yet the, mo the mobility in a snow bear. Yeah. You know, with the snow bear, you're able to just pick up and move, even if it's a hundred yards and it's a really fast, simple process. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I left the lake thinking, how did I ever do this without it? <laughs> I'm getting older, right? We're all getting older. It's not getting any easier to do that. And, and the nice thing about it is, is, you know, you're able to get three, four guys in there, get out, fish, do your thing, get back at the end of the night. Uh, cause I, we've all done the hard house thing. And honestly, it's a lot more fun to me to get back to a hot shower, a meal, all that kind of stuff at the end of the day. And it allows you to do that, but still be just as comfortable. And for somebody looking to obviously snow bears, probably not in most people's budget, but there are a lot of guides that offer snow bear trips. I mean, is that something you'd recommend to, to somebody looking for something different? Oh, absolutely. And there's like Lake Winnipeg, Devil's Lake, even Lake of the Woods, uh, down in South Dakota, they're really popular. A lot of those guides now are offering these snow bear trips and it's a, it's definitely something you should, you should all try at some point. And, you know, I was the guy too, that was like, I just don't think that snow bears in my budget, but if we have to be really honest now, if you're going out and you're buying a 24 foot wheelhouse, you're the snow bear is now a possibility for you uh, with the way things are in today's day and age. So I won't count it out. I would definitely do your homework. 
Yeah, and you know what? You look at that, and that's a great way to frame it, Mike, because uh, there's a big investment with the wheelhouse. Look what we do in the summertime, right? You know, and we, we've got we've got boats that far exceed the price tag of a snow bear, and essentially, it's the same thing. Yeah, I mean, I never ever thought that I would own a hundred plus thousand dollar boat ever, and here we are. And there's not just mine out there. There's more of those boats than ever. It's not for everybody, but the thing is, is that as we as things get better and, and things get more reliable, it's uh, it's a lot of fun to try that stuff out. And if you're you're the guy that's going to get out and have a family, I mean, I, I'm imagining my kids and my wife, like even on a kind of crappy day that we wouldn't drag the snowmobiles around, we'll probably go out fishing now. So uh, the investment for me that way is, uh, is going to be worth it tenfold. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting to see what you've got planned for that, Mike. Hey, I want to I want to just take it back a couple of steps, Mike, and probably get Anthony's input here too, because he's been a part of this ride. Ice fishing in the outdoors has grown immensely in the last two years. So there's a lot of folks who are new. There's a lot of folks who probably haven't seen you, Mike, from the onset of fish addictions as it was brand new and and born. And that's been quite a few years now already. Can you go back and just tell us a little bit about that story? Because I think it's pretty cool to watch how, how things have changed and evolved and grown over the years yeah i mean it's the story is crazy you know fish addiction started as an online forum group it wasn't videos it wasn't any of this stuff we're doing now started out as online forum but we had the worst timing in the world as forums were dying i started this forum and shame on me but we adapted we uh overcame that we decided let's do some videos so a few of us, including like Anthony and a few other guys got together. We started filming ourselves and just really our goal was to show people how much fun we have. You know, that was what it was all about right from the get go is it's not about who's catching the biggest fish, although we all want to, it's not about who catches the most, even though it's always a small competition against all of us. Don't get me wrong, but it's all, it's, it's more about getting out on the ice, having fun, showing people some cool bites, maybe teaching people a few things along the way. And, uh, you know, it, it, it just transformed, uh, yourself and, and Scotty were a big part of helping fish sticks move along, get, you know, they got us in touch with Eskimo, you know, from there, it was kind of like everything fell into place. This wasn't the plan where we're sitting right now was never the plan in the start. We were just going to have fun, share our story, share what we, what we're doing and, and have a lot of fun along the way. And here we are, you know, having millions of views now. Uh, per year, which is mind blowing to me. I'll never, I'll never understand it for sure, but we're having a lot of fun doing it. So uh, that's kind of a, a quick synopsis of what happens, but it's a lot of fun. You know, that my favorite question to answer is how, what, you know, what kind of advice do you give people? Because it's, it's, uh, it's something that you can't force, you know? And, and so my biggest piece of advice is don't try to force it, just have fun doing it. And put in the work and put in the time. I think for the more you do it, I mean, like you said, we didn't have the intention of, you know, getting big or anything like that. It's just do it and, you know, see where it takes you. I think that was probably the the most fun of the experience. And with fish addictions, we're always trying to do something new and something unique. Uh, I think the snow bear will be something new this year, and that'll be a little bit interesting. But uh, there's something else I know that we've – kind of got, got gone up the sleeve a little bit this year. What uh, what else is on the, the docket for fish addictions this year? Well, like Anthony said, we're always doing something different, always trying to make it a little more interesting. Uh, man, we got a pickup camper this year. Yeah, you heard that right. Wow. We're sleeping 
we're sleeping in a pickup camper this year. So we had our first little excursion up at Lake of the Woods. It went fairly good. We're going to tweak a few things, make sure we're a little more comfortable. Like I said, I'm not getting any younger. So, but I mean, uh, it, last year we traveled around with the, with the big bite house and that was awesome. One of the best houses I've ever been in, but it limited us a little bit. So, uh, through over the summer, I'm like, well, how do we, how do we get the chance to be able to take the snow bear or the ranger or the snowmobile and the flip overs and whatever we want to do, we can bring it no matter what. And, uh, that was the only thing I really came up with it was either that or sleeping under the topper. I chose the pickup camper. I thought that'd be a little nicer, <laughs> but no, we got the pickup camper in glacier makes a pickup camper. And, and so far so good. It was negative 10 the other night and it was comfy right in there. And we slept three guys in there and it's a little bit tighter than the fish house, but really all we really need is a place to lay our heads at night. That's, that's really what it is. And three, four days we can tough it out. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I mean, honestly, you're out on the ice a majority of your waking hours and it's just coming back and being able to uh to get that rest and kind of prep yourself for the next day i just want to say that's one of the fun things with you what you guys do in your show is the fact that it's not a cookie cutter season to season it's not a cookie cutter episode to episode you've done stints where you've been all portables you've done stints like you mentioned with the the wheelhouse and you've done now you're moving into 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 some new areas, and it keeps it fresh and it keeps it fun for folks. Um, before we get too far down the road in this conversation, Mike, tell our listeners where they can find you because I know we're going to have people that are going to be out there looking. Where where can they find you guys? Uh, you can find us on our Facebook page where we pretty much post everything: Facebook, Instagram. Uh, we post all of our shows on YouTube at Fish Addictions TV. Uh, you can also catch us on KO TV, Waypoint TV, Carbon TV. Uh, I'm missing a couple, but, uh, outdoor action TV. Uh, if you, if you've got Hulu, YouTube, the TV, that kind of stuff, it's all there. Uh, we, we are not on Fox sports North. We get asked that a lot anymore. We're not on that anymore. We chose to go away from that to do the online stuff and, and really concentrate on that. It gives us a little more freedom to do what we need to do in the timeframes we need to do it, whether it's put out more content or put out, you know, a better show a little bit later. But as everybody knows, fish addictions, like I always said, it's not about the most fish or the biggest fish or having the best day of fishing ever. It's about just the experience. And having some fun doing it, right? I think we have plenty of fun. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing is like it, we, we just, that's all we want to show is fun. We want, we want to show people good bites if we can get on them. Uh, Anthony and I have one planned for later this week that uh, I think will be a lot of fun, but throw in the loop, it's going to be like negative 20 and we're still <laughs> going to go do it. So uh, it's just, it is what it is. And we're so blessed to have some of the best gear in ice fishing to, to make sure that uh, we can accomplish all of it. Yeah. And I think one of the things that's really changed for us and how we do things is just the advancement in that gear. I mean, from the time we started to the, where things have come with the houses and the, the apparel and everything, I mean, sonar rods, reels, you name it. I mean, everything keeps advancing and it's fun to be on the cutting edge side of that. I know some of those tools have really changed how we fish and, how we've become, you know, more successful on the ice and, and making that time on the ice more enjoyable. Well, yeah, I mean, it gives you, I always talk about advantage angler and whether you're tournament fishing, whether you're just out fun fishing, if you can put the advantage angler 
it's always going to be probably a better time on the ice. And, and with all the advancements in technology, whether it's the clothing and keeping warm or the houses and keeping out of the wind and staying warm there, or the lightweight augers to the live sonar technology. I mean, the list goes on to custom rods to everything in ice fishing is growing and advancing at such a speed. It's hard for us to even keep up with it. Yeah, it's crazy to think about how far it's come. Uh, as we look at this season, I know obviously we've got, all gotten a lot of new gear and new things. Any new toys besides the the snow bear that you're looking forward to using out on the ice? Uh, we partnered with 2B Rods this year and Elliot, and I've always been a fan of their stuff. I'm really excited to get out there and try the full lineup. Uh, custom Rods is really the the thing right now, really a hot thing. And, and uh, those guys make a super good quality rod and we're going to be working with them to make even more rods. And so I'm really excited about that. I mean, it's, it's hard to pick one thing when there's just so much going on that uh, I'm going to say the rods this year, cause those are the newest to me. Isn't that the truth, right? You just think about all the advancements and all those little categories you listed off, Mike, and you could break down and do a whole podcast on each one of those and all of the technology and all of the, scope and range of, of products that are out there for the beginning angler all the way up to the serious guy who's doing it almost every day, right? During, during the ice season and, and it's all there. That's, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to live in that day and age. Hey, you are a busy guy, Mike. I, I know that fish addictions is not your only gig. You don't sit around and twiddle your thumbs the rest of the year. You own another business that's uh, pretty active during the summertime. You are involved in uh, the Fargo Ice Show, intimately involved as a as a owner, promoter, operator of that yeah. event. How was the ice show coming back after a year off with COVID? And just what are your thoughts on that? Man, I can tell you that going into last year, trying to make that decision, whether we were having the show, whether we weren't having the show, that decision ultimately got made for us. Uh, and so we ended up not having the show. Well, then, you know, Tony and I, we kind of put our heads together. We're like, all right, we got a year. What are we going to do to make this bigger, better? We've got a whole year to plan this. Let's go. So you, you, you start planning cautiously because we don't know what's going to happen the next year coming. So you're, you're really cautiously optimistic about how things are going to turn out. Or are they going to turn in the corner? Are we going to be able to have the show? Uh, is the venue going to close its doors? Because, hey, at that point, when we made that decision, there were so many things up in the air that you really don't know what to expect at all. And you're trying to pre-plan as any good business owner would uh, what's going on. So we said well, our, our biggest goal was to get the other arena, so to get the hard houses inside. That's what everybody had talked about. The other goal was to find a way to get kids in for free. And we thought those were the two things we needed to do to advance that show from where it was. And we were able to accomplish that. And coming into it, we were like, oh man, are people going to show up? You know, uh, I'd seen from other shows, boat shows, that kind of stuff. They were getting some record attendances and, and seeing good people, good people show up. And, uh, the one thing about Fargo Moorhead and, and that area and surrounding area is it's such a great community that people back the things they're, they're involved in, whether it's, it's fishing and hunting and stuff like that. They come out, they are excited to be there. And, uh, that's what we saw with the show. Uh, you know, we had the community and everybody get involved. Uh, we had over 8,000 people in the door, which was just phenomenal. I'm really happy about that. And, uh, weather was great. Everything went off without a, 
without any big hiccups and uh we're excited for next year now you know we've taken a big step and and with the ice fishing show tony and i kind of take the same mentality that i do with fish addictions how can we make it a little better a little bigger a little you know what what can we do to to get more people in the door and and so it's it's a lot of fun to to sit down and brainstorm and do all that no it was a good show um i know kyle and i had a good time doing the shack talk live from the show and answering questions and pulling some people off the floor and and if the listeners to this podcast had didn't get a chance to listen go back and listen to that um it was a fun time kind of explaining what to expect at an ice show. And it was really fun uh, being there, seeing all the excitement, seeing the kids. I mean, that was the the thing for me is all the families, all the kids that were there. And, you know, anytime any one of us sees those kids at the show, we're, we're throwing them some free swag. So um, it was fun to see the excitement in those kids' eyes. No, no different than Christmas time. It was uh, fun to see that. Hey, you want some, some free swag, bring your kids. You'll get it all <laughs> at a place like that. To well, be honest, the slur to me, because like we do all this work, we get in there and then it's kind of like, boom, now it's not up to me anymore. So uh, when it starts till it's over, it's kind of like a blink of an eye. Well, it's fun to hear your perspective, Mike, because honestly, as, as someone involved just at a, at a different role, you know, with uh, with supporting Eskimo and, and their efforts at the show, and having a chance to walk around, you talk about those expectations, which I'm sure you had a lot of expectations that you were hoping for. And But it was fun listening to the vendors and listening to the folks who were there because there was some genuine excitement about the buzz going on in that building that weekend. Well, I think we just we're all happy that things are normalizing a little bit for us in life. And and that's one small step to to things normalizing out for everybody and just being able to attend a show and, and be able to shake everybody's hands. Cause for us in the industry, that's why we like going to the show. We like shaking everybody's hands. We like seeing our buddies that we only see once or twice a year at these shows. We like seeing the people that enjoy what we do, whether it's our pictures or our writing or our videos and all that kind of stuff, you know, for us uh, guys in the industry that, makes it worth it that's almost one of our validation spots like you go to a show and somebody's like i really love what you're doing i really like this i really like what you did there i like that you know for us that's validating because we don't hear a lot of that you know as a guy on my end we we work really hard we do a lot of stuff and we do hear it don't get me wrong but you hear it and take the time to talk to those people and it's not just the passing hey like what you do you actually get to hear about it and and speak about it and other people in the industry you know a guy like you if you like what we're doing that means a lot you know because uh you you're you've seen it all you've you've done a lot in this industry and uh yeah no it's just it's really a a great point of contact for everybody i I think even the engagement overall um i talked to somebody i was actually a neighbor of mine they had never been to an ice show and they came out to the show and they were just impressed with the engagement from all of the vendors reaching out as they're walking by trying to talk to them you know telling them what they had to offer at their booth, you know, whether it was gear or lodging or resort or outfit or anything like that. They were just really impressed by that. You know, they had maybe been to a craft show or different things. And, you know, sometimes just those vendors maybe just kind of sit and let the people look at what they have and, you know, maybe not quite as engaging, but they were just really blown away by the overall engagement from everyone at the show. So it was really fun to hear that as well. It, it's it's been a good start to the ice season and and we've said it before on the podcast i felt the excitement building back in july and early august probably a month six weeks earlier than it is on a typical year and i think it's just that excitement that's that's been building with all of the outdoors and 
ice fishing is has definitely benefited from that and, and all the new folks that are out there. I mean, you, you not just a Fargo ice show, but you had St. Paul and you had numerous retailer, you know, those sporting goods stores or retail outlets that have had their own little mini events on site. And, and it's been a good, good start. We've got the ice show season kind of behind us now, right? For the most part. And now it's let's go fishing, right? You've been up to yep. Lake of the Woods. What's your advice, Mike, is, is we round that corner from early ice into midwinter patterns, whether it be panfish, whether it be walleyes, whatever they're chasing, what are some of the, the important points to keep in mind? So I think the most important thing that people forget is the fish don't change just because the season has changed. So don't just assume they're going to go to those late, sea, late season patterns. Last year, we saw early season patterns all year long. Uh, they never really did transition to a late season pattern. I, and I think it probably had to do with not a lot of snow. Uh, the conditions weren't quite the same all year long. You saw little glimpses of late season patterns, but you would typically find the early season patterns all year long. So don't just transition right over to late season patterns or mid season patterns and, and think that's just because it's that time of year. The, the season or the time of year doesn't, what I want to say doesn't push the fish to that. The conditions push fish to where they are. So now that we've got a lot of snow and that kind of stuff going on right now, as we speak, uh, I would, I would expect to see these fish setting up mid season patterns starting, but still be able to find them, especially if you're like bluegills, crappies, that kind of stuff, that weed growth isn't going to quite be dead yet. You know, keep, keep hitting that stuff. Walleyes, walleyes. I'm, I'm a firm believer. You find bait, you're going to find walleyes and uh, whether whether they're uh, on points, deep structure, mud flats, that kind of stuff, concentrate more on the bait than the time of year, and and you'll find a lot of those game fish, walleyes, pike, any of that kind of stuff, with crappies, and then you also find the crappies on the weed beds and big bluegills right now. If you can find weeds, you're going to find those fish. No, absolutely great advice, and I think, you know, talking about that transition from weeds to maybe mid-season basin or, you know, pushing out into their wintering holes, you know, check those spots in between too. Maybe you'll catch them making that transition, you know, maybe you'll catch a big herd of fish, you know, moving from the weeds out into the basin, but maybe they haven't quite gotten there yet. I know just recently when I got out, that was kind of what we were finding is they weren't in the weeds, but they weren't in the basin. They were kind of still kind of pushing out. So I think, you know, it's kind of a tricky time of the year to find the fish. Um, but once you do, I think you can really get on them because a lot of these fish, you know, maybe they were pressured a little bit in the weeds, but now they're settling into their bigger schools. And, you know, once you get on one of those schools, it can, uh, it can make, make a good day out there on the ice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I hate the, the give, cliche advice type stuff because it's still a fish it's still a living creature you know are you going to find a big buck moving on the same trail every time are you you know are you going to find these big pods of fish in the same exact spot every time are they going to do the same things every time no uh the the real thing is 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 like anthony said you got to check from where they should be to where they might be and everywhere in between right now hey mike something that i have i think seen come up in conversations more than it has in the past is the effect of kind of um, commotion on the ice, if you will, uh, a snowmobile, an ATV, uh, uh, it could be snow bear, it could be a pickup, could be anything, right? And I think with more of the, the advent of, of both improved underwater cameras and live sonar technology, we're able to watch behavior and reactions versus there are fish there or they're not. 
What's your take on that? Is does an angler need to to really go stealthy, or does he need to find where they're at and then just sit and wait them out until they decide to kind of regroup and come back? So I think it really mat- matters on one thing, but I found most important is water clarity to begin with. For some reason, the clear water they spook a lot easier. Uh, dirtier water they don't spook as much and obviously deeper water helps but Anthony and I were on a bite last year fishing 30 feet of water uh, with fish three four feet off the bottom and every time you would drill on top of them they would scatter Uh, and you're talking 30 feet of water before live imaging we would never have known that and we were watching it happen Uh, so what we found was when you see a school of fish we like to drill where they're at and in front of them. Uh, and then you do kind of get a big grid and then hopefully they'll go around to the grid you've already got. But uh, the stealthier you can be, the better you can be. If you're running snowmobiles and that kind of stuff and you're running right up to a spot, maybe stop 50 feet short and walk up to it and start drilling your holes. Uh, we've learned so much with live imaging that, that we thought we just took for granted before. And, this, this being stealthy, I think, is one of the biggest advances in ice fishing that we've taken out of live Im- in imaging, ugh, live imaging uh, today, you know, for me, for sure. Yeah, and I think even just how we approach drilling, I know myself, I'm going to try and experiment with it a little bit too. If I see a school of fish, maybe I'm going to go past them and go to each side of them, drill my holes first before I even drill on top of those fish because – It seems like, like you said, even if you're in 30 some feet of water, you drill that hole right above them and something spooks them or, you know, you're walking up to them and then making that noise on the ice. Um, Yeah, it definitely seems to affect the fish. And I think they probably did that before, but now we're just seeing it with the live imaging. You know, you probably didn't even realize it before. And, you know, you get the one or two stragglers around and be like, oh, yeah, we're marking fish here. And then that's how you kind of built your grid from that. But yeah, it's really interesting to see. I mean, I've seen everything from, walking on the ice to drilling to you, you don't even realize how much you spook a school of fish when you catch a fish. I mean, you might catch one off of the school and all of a sudden, boom, the school moves off and you're kind of chasing them down again. So it's, it's really interesting to see. And it definitely changes your perspective on how, how we go about chasing them. Yeah. I mean, we filmed an episode two years ago uh, in the Bemidji area where if you didn't, if you caught a fish and you didn't take it straight out of the school and straight up, like you didn't really fight it, you had to get it up and out of the school, the school would move on. Uh, instead of being able to catch four or five fish out of that school, you catch one and they were gone. So, I mean, the live imaging is, is so incredible and we can understand things we've never understood, even from like wearing aggressive cleats compared to the non-aggressive cleats on with no snow on the ice. And the way fish are reacting to all that stuff is still every time, I, I always say that, every time you turn that live, live imaging on now or live sonar on, you're le- learning something more every single time. And I think that's a good point too, is when you're on a school of fish, make those fish commit up, bring them up above the school, get them out of the school. It seems like you have a little bit more success of catching multiple fish out of that school. When you can get them up above, you catch one and then maybe they don't even realize that their buddy's gone. And then you can get back down on one of those fish because yeah, if you catch them from in the middle of that school, it seems like that disturbance, it moves those fish around and, I think that's probably one of the keys that I would give to any listener of the podcast is fish those fish higher. Um, You know, if they won't commit and come up, then go down to them, but try and make them come up. It seems like, you know, 70, 80% of the time you'll get those aggressive fish to come up and then you can maybe stay on that school a little longer. 
It's definitely a uh, argument for the the trend away from gas propane and, and into the electric augers, no doubt about it. And I have to imagine that trend is going to continue. You mentioned, Mike, the, the water clarity. And certainly with the spread of zebra mussels and other invasives, that's that's cleaning and clearing up a lot of our lakes that maybe before had some level of, of um, you know, what the right word, turbidity, that, that just weren't as perfectly clear as they are now or maybe will be in the future. And so I think that's going to be a conversation more of us here hear more about as we move forward. Absolutely. All right. So as we kind of talked a little bit about the the transition of seasons, you know, we're looking at the fish addiction season. I know everybody always asks you, where, where are you going this season? Any big plans? Uh, I know we, we kind of fly by the seat of our pants sometimes, but uh, anything you can share with the listeners, things you maybe got planned or in the works or anything you're looking to try and accomplish this season? I mean, the only plan is, is to, to just really, stay diverse like we always do like obviously we all have our favorite fish to catch but we're chasing lake trout crappies bluegills walleyes i mean we want to chase a little bit of everything out to perch and and to tell the story so we're going to try to get out to fort peck if if lake erie freezes over we're going to make that trip if uh you know if we get out to the sloughs of north dakota and chase down some new potholes and show people that that was a big hit last year a lot of people like to see how we broke it down and the success that we had or didn't have, you know? And so that was a lot of fun. Probably try to do something like that again. And uh, obviously the truck camping, who knows, we might be stranded on the side of a road at some point, but we've got the truck camper to stay in at this point. So there might, there might be some rest area stays, who knows? <laughs> and if there's, if there's more than two or three guys with, we might see a little ice camping in the, the Eskimo shacks as well. Cause I don't know, what the room situation is like in that truck camper, but I don't know if we'll be able to fit the crew into a, into a two to three man uh, ice uh, truck camper. Depends how cozy you want to get. <laughs> Depends on how cold it is out too, probably. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're just going to go out. We're going to have a lot of fun. And I mean, you and I just talked about where we're going on Wednesday today basically so i mean we're gonna go and hit that and i don't know what's after that i'd like to try to fish sturgeon in the rainy at some point that's been kind of piqued my interest over the last few years uh yeah who knows where we'll end up going but uh try to do some camping uh, that's been a big trend over the last few years we get a lot of people asking about it so we might as well go out and, and try that and see if us old guys can do it or not or or what so I, I, who knows but that's what's that's what makes fish addiction so much fun is the fact that None of this is planned, you know, just like most guys out fishing, we, we plan our trips by the seat of our pants. So, I mean, but hopefully it all works out. It has to this point and hopefully it continues to work out. Absolutely. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us on Shack Talk. I know we're probably wrapping up on our time here, but um, again, for anybody looking to check out more about fish addictions, you know, look us up on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, everything's out on there. Um, I know, our, one of our business directors, he's even dabbling in the TikToks. So uh, make sure Ooh, yeah. to follow us out there. He's he's loving the TikToks. So um, we're putting out some of those videos as well. So Mike, thanks again for joining us. Um, any parting words before you sign off? I appreciate you guys having me. Please check out Fish Addiction. Always doing a lot of fun things. And if you guys have any ideas for us to do, we're all ears. We're all ears. We, we like to do new things. And, and uh, yeah, we're just going to have a blast this winter. I can't wait to really get rolling. And now the show season's over and we're sitting here talking. I'm, I'm just excited to get really trucking. So 
Awesome. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, thanks again to Eskimo uh, for letting us put on Shack Talk podcast and talk to you listeners. Um, make sure, check out all of our past episodes. A lot of great content out there. Um, looking forward to the rest of this ice season. So if you have or haven't yet, make sure to get out on the ice, have some fun, and enjoy some time out on the ice. We'll talk to you next time. Thank <laughs> you.